For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Welcome and Skull Vikings. This is the Believe in Vikings podcast. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I am here with Super Bowl champion Brian McKinney, who played for the Vikings for a decade and then went to the Ravens and the Dolphins for a year. Also here with our usual group, Sally from Minneapolis and Ron from Eden Prairie. Uh, he writes for FranchiseTag.com. And we're going to have a special guest named Henrique. He is from Brazil, and there are oodles of Vikings fans in Brazil. So we're going to pick his brain and kind of figure out how there are so many Vikings fans there in that country. Uh, it is spectacular. We will take it. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Bet Online AG before we jump into the host of topics tonight, which will include Neil Hunter stuff, Sheldon Richardson signing, uh, among other items. Uh, Bashad Breland was another one. So that's what we got on the docket. Uh, the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. For example, the Brooklyn Nets are plus 350 in the money line to win the NBA championship, followed by the Bucks, Suns, and Jazz. Plus 375 for the Bucks, plus 375 for the Suns, plus 450 for the Jazz. So if you want to get in on the NBA playoffs action, slide on over to betonline.ag. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, head to betonline.ag. BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So for the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We had our first vacation of the entire history of the show. I was gone with family in the southwestern United States, so we took one week off, but we are back. And while I was gone, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, it kicked off with Bashad Breeland was signed. Uh, he was rumored to be on the Vikings docket about two weeks ago, and then he went off to the Bears, and we said, screw him. But he came back, and now he will vie for a starting job. Uh, we also had Daniil Hunter, a little saga ended. He was announced that he would be going to minicamp, or at least it was rumored as such. And then about three hours later, uh, his restructure uh, was litigated, and he will be with the team for at least one more year. And then if that wasn't enough, we had the Sheldon Richardson edition with the gobs of cash that we somehow have, and he will return to the Vikings after a three-year absence where he went and played with Sally's Cleveland Browns for a couple of seasons. But now he's back. We'll have to figure out and talk about where he'll fit on the line because it's a very interesting topic. But uh, we will be we would be silly if we didn't lead with the Hunter news. Uh, we have uh, – already, already, I'm already going to mess it up. And he – yeah. Did I had it right the first time. All right. He is from Brazil. He is 20 years old. And uh, I'm going to get this out of the way first. So there seems to be like this ruckus Viking fandom in Brazil, which I find incredibly cool. You guys won a Vikings Twitter award for the best foreign fan base. So if you can pinpoint it, sir, tell me why specifically there are so many Vikings fans in your country. We are dying to know. Actually, I don't know either. <laughs> when I started watching football, I was like, I don't think there are, there are many people that cheer for the Vikings. But I think one of the reasons is we like to cheer for the, for the underdog. <laughs> so it's like a team that never wants. Uh, I was drawn, uh, drawn by the Vikings. One of the reasons was it. And the other is probably how I met your mod. Oh. I would be lying if I said that a lot of, lots of people... Uh, started cheating because of Marshall. Really? Well, he's he's awesome. I had no oh. idea the extent of that show would 
filter into football. I knew, I know, yeah. of the show, but hey, we'll take it. So, kudos to Jason Siegel for uh, getting us on the board <laughs> in Brazil. So, so when you, when you, uh, when you were drawn out of the hat to join the show tonight, <clears throat> um, you said that you'll probably have a lot of listenership from Brazil. Now, you guys don't know all know each other, do you? Or is it Twitter? Or how do you? What makes you think uh, that? I think some of the the guys know each other personally, but it's like only a few people because uh, Brazil is a very big country. Yeah. Have uh, people like over uh, over have someone in northeast, someone in the south, uh, in southeast, which is my case. Okay, uh, but mostly Twitter. Like uh, we have a a big community there, as we call it, and WhatsApp. We have like oh. three WhatsApp group uh, group chats, and like. Almost everyone has more than 100 people in it. Jeez. Okay. So it's a digital forum that has exploded. Okay. Well, we will take it. So you, you're you 20. Um, for people that are listening only, you have an Adrian Peterson jersey on. We also support that. Mm-hmm. Is that is he who brought you into the Vikings fold? Because you would have been, what, uh, seven when he Seven-ish. Uh, actually, I started watching the the first game that I watched was Super Bowl 50 between Panthers and Broncos. Okay. Uh, the first the first season that I could watch at home because I didn't have the games only around on ESPN here in Brazil. Okay. And I didn't have ESPN until Super Bowl 51. So the first season that I got to watch, Peterson was with the Saints in 2017. <laughs> so I never watched Peterson playing uh, like uh, at my home. Okay. But yeah, he was the like uh, in Madden. He was uh, using it uh, in every play. Yeah, like it was. Uh, I was. I was going to pass, get him to run an angle route, the Texas route, pass to him, or like run every single down. All Just right. like the Vikings in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, that was basically my playbook. Yeah, well, that that worked to an extent that season. He got an MVP award yes. out of it. All right, so when the Daniil Hunter news dribbled out yesterday, it was a day early because we. I honestly didn't think he was going to show up. I didn't have any tips from anybody that he would, but lo and behold, uh, he did. Uh, was that relief for you? Was that elation? Do you think it was just uh, pushing the conversation back till next spring? What were your emotions? I was very happy when I got the news because uh, we saw what happened when he wasn't on the field last year. And he got basically, I think he topped like 14 and a half sacks in 2019 and we have only 14 sacks the last year. So it was a huge addition. I don't think he would have played in 2021 without a contract. So yeah, I was real happy. Okay. Sally, I was on a short uh, show yesterday for Rapid City Fox Sports' Nate Brown show, and he asked me if if Hunter has an average season of like seven or eight, seven or eight sacks, will the Vikings still d- dish out the cash in good faith? What's your take on that? Um, I don't know. I think that it's going to depend on how that line does as a whole, because, you know, as you know, sometimes things don't show up on the stat sheet, but the um, significance that he still may have on the field, you know, outweighs that those stats. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because it is such a big number next year. I believe it's 20 million, um, which I'm sure the Vikings are very relieved about that they got him to come back um, without a huge commitment. Like I think we were all kind of expecting mm-hmm. it was going to take. Uh, so, I mean, that will be interesting to see. Um, I'd be curious if maybe they would go back and renegotiate again, um, which is something they need, may do regardless because of that big number. Um, but I think Zimmer loves Daniel, and um, I think if one down year after an injury may happen, they're not going to necessarily cut him loose. Okay. Uh, Ron, so do you, do you think this is a true blue situation of where the Vikings need to wait and see for like a month? you know, how he really is or uh, like what, what is the rationale behind just making it an extension of one season? So I think that's part of it. It's the, you know, you, you can be medically cleared, but maybe not medically up to speed. And I think that's, you know, probably just a good faith um, for the Vikings being like, look, we'll give you the money up front, but see how it plays out over the first few weeks. See, you know, he, cause you, he might, he can, he's a player who he can get a lot of, uh, accolades let's say without getting sacks like there's so much so many metrics whether it's pressures or you know just watching him play if he's causing an impact so the sack number he can come back with five sacks but his impact would still be made so I think as long as he looks 
like Daniil Hunter and he's running around and be and active and that neck's not not lingering, um, then I think that it'll be a very quick and easy discussion. Like, here we go. We're we're healthy. You're healthy. We're happy to to give you kind of more of what you, what's in line with your talent. So um, we'll see what happens because that'll ultimately be the the biggest thing. Hopefully, his neck is just a okay. I want to pound home the notion that unless there's something completely unforeseen that happens, that this will be the biggest news of the summer uh, because without Hunter, um, the pass rush is virtually non-existent or at the very least, there's a lot of hopes and wait and sees between maybe Patrick Jones will be good. Maybe Weatherly will be all of a sudden have a career year. Maybe Wanham takes a nice little next step. Um, to an extent, we still have that, depending on how you f- um, foreshadow Sheldon Richardson will be used on this line. Um, but right now, a 2019 version of Hunter makes a lot of this feel a lot more comfortable. So I felt relief. I was I was surprised because I really did think this was going to uh, dribble into the summer. Um, but on the Richardson news, we know him. He played here and had a pretty decent year in 2018. Uh, he recorded several pressures that we haven't seen since from the three-technique spot. He played a bunch of snaps on the edge of the Browns line last year. He's not really built like a edge rusher. Uh, but, Ron, do you think he is just another big man to pass rush on the inside of the line, or do you think that Zimmer will be creative with him? So I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the first thing I thought of when, you know, he officially kind of came back, this defensive line is Zimmer's wet dream, like just a bunch of bodies that you can rotate in, move around. Um, you know, we can give a lot of three, four looks with Hunter um, and even Barr on the edge. And then you can go with the three defensive tackles. You can even do a lot of five, two looks, which it just helps your run defense. And then you let Barr and, uh, and Kendrick's kind of man the, the middle of that D. So um, it's one of those where, you look at it and there's so much you can do on paper and with Richardson, what I like about him, whether or not we moved with three, four or not, I don't care because there's so many different stylistic changes that you can do. Um, but what I love about it is if he's that four, three right end or left end, whatever, wherever they put him at now, good luck running on this defense um, with Pierce and, uh, and Tomlinson in the middle Richardson on the edge. Now he's not your prototypical pass rusher, but a guy that if I'm looking at a four, three end who I would compare him to is like at least skill set, um, but probably even he's better, but like an Adrian Claiborne guy who's not necessarily fast, but he's always, he's a big bodied guy, good against the run and he generates pressure. He might not be chasing down a quarterback from the blind side, but you can, like I said, you you can have zero sacks, but if you if you have twenty pressures, that's a good season. So um, I'm not too concerned about the sack number with him, but he adds an, another, um, you know, element of uh, the defense that Zimmer is just going to be excited about. Sally, you are our consummate realist. Is this Richardson uh, news a big deal, or is it meh? Well, first off, I just want to say your comment about this is going to be the biggest news. I just want you to. Please not jinx anything because we could, I, we don't need a 2017 um, major injury happening. So that would definitely be bigger news. So please let's not jinx anything. Correct. Uh, but honestly, you guys, I mean, <laughs> if I think back to my first appearance on this show, um, I remember we were talking about our predictions for the team. And I, I remember Ron saying something like, you know, we're going to come back with no injuries and it's going to be a fresh start for everyone. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, every team in the league can say that. And I said there weren't enough changes for me to believe that the defense were was um, going to be improved. And I couldn't be more happy than I am. And that night, you know, this week, I'm really surprised at how quickly this has all come together. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great move. We don't know right now how um, Pierce and Tomlinson are going to Tomlinson are going to play together, um, and so I think it's great to have Sheldon there with that um, history with Zimmer. I think it also says a lot that he wanted to come back here and play for Zimmer because I think that means he's very motivated to be successful um, under him. And I know we don't look at him as like a big um, pass rusher, but he did have eighty. Uh, pressures in the last two years, which is like 13th in the league for his position. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy about it. I mean, the defense has kind of transformed almost overnight. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Enrique, um, 
Richardson, when you heard the news, was that a point of jubilation or did you, do you think that we could have been better served with another edge rusher? Uh, I think the, the rookies we got in the draft can fill the edge two spot opposite the Hunter. I, I really believe either Jones or Robinson can be really good NFL players, especially because, well, they have Hunter. Opposite then, uh, Patterson to me is one of the best. Uh, he's the best uh, D-line coach in the NFL. So I think we have. I think we are set in this position. Uh, you guys also mentioned one and Weatherly. One of them can uh, can make a step up in their careers. But the Richardson sign at first, I didn't understand quite. So I didn't understand quite so much because we have my uh, Michael Pierce. We have Devin Tomlinson. But then I was like, okay, he can be a, a good pass rushing, uh, pass rusher and passing downs on the inside. So probably still being pierced out uh, because Tomlinson has a little bit uh, more of a pass rush than, than Michael Pierce. Mm -hmm. And uh, also letting Shadow Richardson play alongside him. But I also can see Richardson playing. And uh, I don't know how, uh, how much of that Zimmer will try to do. Like, uh, like he did with the Saints in the playoff game, yeah. that he put Daniel and Everson inside to have a better pass rush. I think he tried to do this, but using Shadow Richardson mm -hmm. in the place of Everson Griffin and putting Hunter inside also. But I think now it's a good sign, especially because he was really cheap, yeah. especially considering the contract he had in 2018, the contract the Browns gave him uh, in 2019. Uh, but, uh, and also I think Zimmer was really pissed after after last Christmas, he don't want anyone <laughs> rushing on this team. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you as well on that. My my favorite thing about this signing may fly under the radar, but it's pretty commonsensical. So if if Sally's um, fear comes to fruition, where something does happen injury wise, uh, we're getting to the point where on some levels of this defense, it's close to a, oh, well, next man up. And we didn't have that last year. And arguably, we haven't really had that in the past few years. To an extent, we have, but last year was pitiful. So let's say, for instance, something happens to Michael Pierce, uh, where he's out for three or four weeks. Well, boom, we'll slide over Dalvin Tomlinson, and then you got your three-tech already built in who's who wants to start as it is. And then on the cornerbacks, we have, we've been on this roller coaster of cornerback stuff where – we only had two come in this offseason, then boom, we have five. And well, and then one of them gets in trouble down in Texas, and then we're, we're, we're really skimpy again. Well, and then now we have uh, like three dudes that I've never even heard of that we signed, plus Breland uh, this week. So uh, there, I think the lesson learned was uh, we can't just plug and play anybody. We have to have quality depth players. So with Richardson, if anybody in the interior of the line um, is hurt, then we have a nice little tilt-a-whirl where we can swing one in. So I'm encouraged by that. And I like Sheldon Richardson. Uh, I remember when he was drafted to the Jets, he was, uh, you know, pretty hot stuff. And he's been a very consistent player. He probably didn't deserve to be drafted. Was it fourth overall, Ron, that year, 2013? Uh, something. I, him and Muhammad Wilkerson, I always get confused yeah. who was drafted. Where, but yeah, <laughs> I, he think was, he was, eyes. I think he was fourth. So he wasn't quite that good, but he's always consistent. His PFF grade is always in the 70s. Uh, so I welcome that back for the sheer fact that if something happens, we're not in doomsday scenario, at least on defense. Uh, to your point, like, of uh, – like this year, it's kind of that next man up. If something goes down last year, it was like, oh shit, who's up? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and I, um, I that was the one of the first man up wasn't that exciting. Exactly. That was one of the biggest things I've ever been wrong about with Vikings football. Was I trusted Zimmer last year that no matter who it was, the defense would be average, and they were not. And I was dead wrong on that. I admitted it over and over. Um, like when they came back after the bye week and then the Packer game started to look better. I was like, all right, maybe it took, maybe it took two months. Uh, but no, it just, it would continuously regress. And it feels, it feels like a century since we've had a good defense, but it's only been a year on the Breland signing. That was to me, was unexpected because with all of these camp body corners that I thought we were bringing in like Ty Smith and uh, Paris, What's Perry? Perry Nickerson? I Perry think. Nickerson. Yeah, I thought these dudes were going to be somebody that we'd lean on for CB4, CB5, and then Breland out of the blue, who we're going to expect to start. So I will ask you, Enrique, um, will Breland start week one? 
actually, that's one of my fears because I think Denzel had a really good rookie season, especially for some third or third round pick that played with no pass rush to help him, no veteran cornerback to help him, no off season. And actually, he was great if we put the context in. And I really think having Pat uh, Pat Pete in training camp in in the meetings uh, will help him a lot. And I want him to start week one alongside Peterson. And like I think Brillen would, in my uh, if I was a Zimmer, would be more like a deaf player, you know, someone that had a, uh, had a Super Bowl ring, knows uh, what it takes to to win a big game, and knows what it takes to get to the big game. And of course, if something happens, like uh, hopefully not an injury, but like so one of the one to get tired, we we have someone that can play. Mm-hmm. So I I'm hoping that Brilliant's more like a corner three to play uh, like a insurance plan, a really good insurance plan because it was also kind of cheap to what uh, I was expecting of him. And but yeah, I don't. It's not like I don't want him to start, but I don't want him to start with one. <laughs> well, here's the deal, and this is kind of a childish fear of mine. Uh, and you're on Twitter, sir, so you should recognize this. He's kind of combustible, uh, yeah. his personality. So I'm fairly certain he's going to get his snaps. And if that uh, require if that's because he's combustible and loud, well, then that's just who he is. And I, too, would not want to see a backseat of Dantzler. Uh, but Breland is a guy who's really started every step of the way. And I don't think that's by accident. So... I, I trust Zimmer to figure this one out. We shall see if that pans out. Um, Sally, what is your take on the Breland edition? If you said you liked a lot of the depth, you probably liked that one, but elaborate, please. Well, of course I like the depth, especially after what you mentioned we went through last year with cornerback. Um, it is surprising, as you mentioned, given um, how deep that position is right now um, on the roster sheet. I do resent you a little bit that you kind of forced me to DM him and he didn't reply, but I guess he didn't know he was going to play here then. So now I'm going to have to try again. I got to, I got to give the story to the people that are on Twitter. Uh, I do ask Sally to do my bidding sometimes because she's significantly more attractive than me. And so she's a better Mm -hmm. grab for guests, but here's the deal. I I don't usually just send her blindly into men's DMs. Bashad Breeland one night about a month ago said, I wish I could jump on a podcast right now. I looked around in my living room and said, I got like an hour and a half where I have to go to bed. And conceivably I could hit up these, you know, the three amigos here and get on the podcast. So I shot my shot. He didn't respond. And I said, Hey, Sally, I, he probably wouldn't ignore you. And lo and behold, he may have done that. Uh, but so that was the adventure that I, I sent her on. And now it's documented for the open world to know. Well, it was a lot juicier without the context. Context isn't that important in the story. Um, but, you know, he wasn't on the Vikings then. He was obviously he had done his visit. He obviously was not satisfied on about something based on his tweets. It was obvious that there was some communication that didn't line up there between the two. And especially since he went around to check out some other spots, like you mentioned, the Bears. So. I guess we can try again, but like you said, and I, I you, what it was the word that you used to describe his personality? Mustable. Um, yeah, and I think that that's that can be a, definitely a good thing, especially I think we really lacked that last year um, in the locker room in a lot of positions, um, offensively and defensively. So again, the veteran presence, I don't think you can really, um, even explain how much of a difference I think that's going to make, but yeah, Cam Dantzler, um, of course it would be great if he was the day one starter. I think that we all wish that for him. Um, but if not, it's nice to have a little bit of a safety net for sure. Um, and I think, I think Enrique mentioned that, um, the price was right with him. I think, I don't, I'm not an elite salary cap mind, but I know he like signed for the minimum and then he has like bonuses mixed in. So we're, never at, a bad thing. we're at a point with the cornerbacks that if, if Gladney figures out or if the legal system figures him out and he actually plays in 2021, I don't know. We really have room for him. Uh, so I, I'm guessing, you know, just by the breadcrumbs, the tea leaves that he probably won't play or he'll be uh, suspended for a long time, or maybe the Vikings are just waiting for a good time to release him. I don't know. Uh, Ron. So on any given Sunday, the max 
three cornerbacks can start and in a four, three defense, actually, there's only really supposed to be two. Uh, but in, in those nickel packages, of course, we'll have a third one. Which one is the odd man out? Peterson, Dantzler, Breland, or Alexander? So I think, and this is just me going off of like Zimmer and how he he operated last year. Um, like obviously, I think Dantzler has cemented himself as a, the starting cornerback on the outside. Peterson coming in is now that second guy again, who, who's one two doesn't matter those are the two starters i think what breland brings like yes he's an outside guy primarily but he also brings some versatility to that slot position because he's a very good tackler he's he's strong and physical um so he might not be the the quick the quick twitch that mckenzie alexander is but what i see is there's going to be a rotation like much like our d-line there's going to be a rotation in our secondary as well really i only see two players on defense that if healthy are going to play 100 percent of the snaps and that's harrison and kendrick's i think everything else is going to be interchangeable you may even see patrick peterson slide into the nickel and let him go after the quarterback a little bit because he you know has had some of that experience you know going back to his lsu days and then even uh with the cardinals a little bit they moved him around um you know granted he'd shadow the number ones but when he was blitzing, you would know. Now there might be a little bit more of a disguise because you don't have to worry about throwing Alexander on the outside where he might not be suited to to, um, to play well. So um, I'm excited for the, the chess pieces that Zimmer is going to be able to pull this year because, you know, we all know he is a very intuitive mind. Um, and I think it's, it bodes well for him as who he is as a defensive coach now. That's two guys this offseason that have come back after signing um, elsewhere that right away. Like, you know, even... Cleveland wanted Richardson back and he didn't stay. Um, Alexander came back here for a minimum. So, um, you know, what, whatever it is, whatever he's doing, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to see it, uh, to see a defense match what the offense did last year. So. Yeah. I'd like to admit that I was wrong about that. Um, I think I, that's another point that I made early on. I take responsibility when I'm wrong. I did say that I thought that that was an issue that guys were getting frustrated with Zimmer I don't think that's happening on the defensive side um, necessarily anymore. So I'm going to eat crow on that. But am I spacing on something? Did we get a replacement for an Anthony Harris at safety or are we? Xavier Woods. Yeah. Oh, duh. duh. Okay. Okay. Like two and a half million for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also on a minimum. But what I like about his game, um, he, so again, he played in, Dallas where they had no defense for a while and his best years when he was there was when Byron Jones was playing safety alongside of him. Byron Jones, the cornerback, but granted he was a very good safety, but he's an elite cornerback. So now Xavier has Harrison Smith next to him. So that'll help him. I mean, I think at the very least you're getting a kind of a, side-by-side comparison of what Anthony Harris is able to do that deep cover corner or deep cover safety in the middle of the field. Yeah, and I mean, it's so exciting to have all this depth on defense, but I mean, especially at corner, how many we have, who knows if during training camp, heaven forbid, another team experiences some sort of injury or something, we really have a lot of leverage there um, that maybe we can get future draft picks or a wide receiver three, (laughs) maybe. And um, I just feel completely different about the team. um, And I think that it's going to help the offense a lot. Yeah, we had Joe Johnson on here two weeks ago, and he is the self-professed, eternal, panicky pessimist of the Minnesota Vikings. He changed. And even he, I can tell you what did it. It was, and this is a beautiful transition. I didn't even plan, seriously. It was Wyatt Davis. That's what he was waiting for. He was doing the table pounding for Wyatt Davis because Davis was a first-round talent last summer. Uh, Moink meat is so delicious. We love it, and you will too. Get Moink right now. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted, and we agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the video Ring Doorbell, invested in Moink as, uh, Moink as well. Uh, why do just four companies control 80% of the meat industry? Because big food crushes a little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash B-L-E-A-V right now, and listeners to the show will get free bacon for a year with every box that is ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. I guess he's, his stock fell because he didn't have an elite uh, 2020. A lot of people didn't. Uh, so when 
Joe Johnson saw Davis come to this team. I think it aligned with his vision, and therefore uh, he's excited. The one thing I want to mention, and this is a little um, spooky, is that all of these deals are one-year deals. Uh, so it feels like Spielman either – maybe that was all the leverage or bargaining chip that he had, but it's like – it's we're all in for this year. And so it's got to, I don't think that's necessarily just on the Vikings. I think that's the way the salary cap is expected to go up next year. I think most players were looking for that one year deal so they can capitalize next year. Okay. Well, that's a very valid point. Cause I, when I keep looking at it, it's like all of these one year deals, why can't (laughs) we get one of them for three or so? But uh, so on Wyatt Davis to me, that is the next big story of this summer. Uh, we know we pretty damn sure that Darasaw will start. If you can't start your left tackle draft in the first round, uh, that would be vintage Vikings doing that. So let's hope that Darasaw is a shoe in for Davis though. That third round is kind of the cutoff where it's like, will he or won't he? Is he ready? Is he not? Uh, there was some a Zapruder film that showed him practicing with the first team yesterday. Um, so my utopian vision is that he's ready and that we don't have to have any weird combination of offensive line. Uh, Enrique, do you think that is realistic that we will see Davis at the uh, what is it right guard position week one, or are we going to have to go with Mason Cole or Dakota Dozier? I hope we can see why Davis uh, guard uh, the uh, Bengals because, as you mentioned, his competition is Mason Cole and Dakota Dozier. I have zero trust in both, <laughs> like zero, zero. Uh, but I think we, I think the Vikings started to the, do the transition for Davis to start with one. We saw Ezra Cleveland start playing left guard since the beginning of OTAs. I mm-hmm. think that was a sign that Davis was going to to play. Maybe at the time, not right away, but like two, three weeks tops. Like I think Seattle was like my okay. He's at uh, um, I'm mostly starting this week uh, against Seattle. But I think uh, he, I don't, of course, I haven't seen all of, of uh, OTAs. Mm-hmm. It, mini camp started today. We still have training camps to do. But I think he played well enough in those trainings to deserve a, a first team rep. We know that Zimmer always says that the rookies have to earn their, their play time. Yeah. There is all, probably hasn't gone the, hasn't had the first team reps because of his injury. I think maybe only in training camps we'll see in protect line signing cousins, but I think we will see uh, why Davis week one, and I think it's really good because he was a first round talent. Yeah, he he had an injury like beginning beginning of the mi- or middle the last season, and he still have had a good season, of course in the context of his injury, but I was really happy we were able to snag in third round. Okay. Sally, Wyatt Davis starting week one, yay or nay? Well, that would be the goal. Um, I think, yeah, Dozier, I mean, you know how it goes. That would be the goal. I think it's probably more realistic that he maybe is technically the starter, but it's much more of a rotation than, say, the other players. Of course, it's always nerve-wracking if you're going to have two rookies um, on the line. So, Mm -hmm. I mean – that I would definitely, I'm definitely hopeful. Um, but then I, I think back to our pal Jordan Reed, and I know he absolutely loved the pick, which I think almost everyone out there has praised the pick. Um, but he said that he didn't know he was necessarily a day one starter. He definitely had some things to work on. Um, but hopefully he has a brilliant camp and we can get that done. Always remember on that pick, and then you can also throw Kellen Mond in there for you listeners, is that to me, those will always feel like free players because we very reasonably could have selected Christian Derrissaw at the pick number 14. Somehow he slipped. I, I saw oodles of mock drafts where Derrissaw went to us or before 14. Uh, so the fact that Spielman serendipitously was able to trade out of the spot, nine spots, have Twitter meltdown because of it, and then get two more players for free and get Derrissaw on top of it, to me, it's always going to be gravy for both of those men, especially Mond, because it's a free quarterback prospect to have a look at. Maybe that's just my optimistic take. Um, what about you, Ron? you see what photo um, Enrique used for his submission to be on the show tonight? Oh, yeah. You want to elaborate on that, sir? What? Sorry? What photo you posted for your entry to yeah. be on the show tonight? My boy, Janarius. 
Yeah, let's let's hear your speech on him. Uh, first of all, I saw Andre Patterson's interview after the draft. He said uh, every draft he, have, he has like one player that he says, "I really want this to to coach this guy." And this year was Janaris Robinson, so that's a thousand reasons to be excited about one of the best coaches in the league. One of this guy, I think he he has uh, not like the new Hunter, but has a, a really similar body type of Hunter, like long arms. He's kind of slim, but I think he has a huge untapped potential. I think he can reach reach here in Minnesota. And I, I went uh, in my predictions. We did this in our podcast in Portuguese. I said that probably we uh, we started would be one or Weatherly, and week eighteen. My prediction was an Aries Robinson started upside uh, the hunter. That's bold because he'd have to usurp Patrick Jones, and that's no small feat based on his scouting reports. Yeah, but yeah, no, we'll remember it if it happens. We will we will flag you out and give you credit. <laughs> We haven't um, recorded, so we we will. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sally will actually chop it into a video, and then right, <laughs> then you'll become famous and Vikings. Absolutely. Nothing All better right. than saying you're right on Vikings Twitter. <laughs> Ron, before we hand the show off to Sally and and our our lighthearted segment, give me your um, opinion. Uh, I know what you want to happen, but do you realistically think that Davis will start Week One, or we have to taper expectations? So I guess realistically, I think, I mean, and this isn't the Viking fan in me or what I would do, but realistically, I think, yes, I think he has the inside track to start week one. Now there's two ways to look at it. When we drafted Brian O'Neill as in, a, in um, was it second or third round, he was considered a project player, you know, transitioning from the D line into the offensive line. So they didn't want to start him right away. And they kind of slowly brought him along. And then when Remmers just, you know, was Mike Remmers, um, then they, they let O'Neill take over. I think with Davis, I think the difference is um, if he is healthy. And I think that was the biggest, if the, over the last few weeks of the, um, I think it's an ankle injury that he's dealing with. I think if he's healthy, he clearly has the inside track because like Sally said, like Ezra Cleveland is the left guard. Like they were anticipating keeping Wyatt Davis at his spot. Also, it's not like we have a plethora of options there. It's either <laughs> Dozier or, um, or Drew Samia, who yeah. both of them are turnstiles and are just bad. So, um, and I envision Mason Cole being that, um, that, swing player for depth that you need you need quality guys like that him and Rashad Hill I think are the perfect guys for the the to round up the offensive line so if healthy I think Davis the situation is different with him than it is with O'Neal because he was so highly touted coming out of Ohio State he was one of the top guards um you know returning for college and he just he opted out then opted back in and then you know played subpar so but someone who goes to um, a great school like that, who's been good for, you know, like every year he was there, they were in national championship contention and he was a starting guard. So he's not raw. He's not a project. He, if he's healthy enough, he's going to be the week one starter. On O'Neill as a project, uh, the dedicated listeners will recall Jordan Reed said that too, that that was one that he learned a lot from in his job uh, was that he perceived, you know, in his heart of hearts that O'Neill was a project player that wasn't ready. Well, he he was ready. And uh, I think a lot of us perceived O'Neill as that. And you just never know. It's kind of what I have. My, my internal feelings about Mond. So, for instance, when Dak Prescott was drafted, he wasn't supposed to take over for Romo in the preseason. He wasn't supposed to be that good. He was supposed to be like Mond, like down the road when Romo transitions out, we'll see what this Prescott character has. Well, it, it Romo never played again. So I, I will be very curious until we see what Mond really is. It, maybe he is ready. Maybe all of these reports, he's not very accurate. Maybe when the bright lights turned on, like McKinney has said, maybe he is a stud. Uh, so because he's on our team, I'm very curious as to if he has it. Uh, I know because of Cousins' contract, I'll have to wait to find that out, but I'm prepared to do that. Speaking of McKinney, uh, he's never missed a show. He said he was going to be late tonight. That's why you haven't heard him chime in. I haven't seen him yet. But I want to promise to you, Enrique, if he doesn't show up tonight, we'll have you back on an August show with McKinney because it's a raw deal. We have you on with one of the, our Vikings legends, and then he doesn't show up. So uh, you'll be able to hold me to that. Now, he got us to oh, we've been an honor. Would you say so? Switch days and he's not here. Yeah, he had some event tomorrow night. And when he has events, you know, they're really pretty scandalous by, by the title. 
So I wanted to ask him, but he and I don't really have that rapport. That's more of a Sally and a Bryant thing where she needles him for, you know, what type of uh, sultry thing do you have going on tonight there, homie? And I know, I got he it. He usually blushes and, you know, he gets that big smile and he's like, hey, it ain't no thing. He's very shy. I'm very surprised about that. Yeah, it is. That me. is weird. My, I think I one know. of my favorite Bryant moments was when he had to be all quiet about a month ago and it sounded like he was talking like Barry White the whole podcast when he was all like, yeah, I think that, uh, um, the, I think Darisol has a lot. And it was just out of character for him. It was all... It was him in Columbia. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the one. <laughs> but then he loved talking to Christian. Like that was so cool. Yeah, how was... much he like really connected with him. So yeah, it had like a yeah. family family reunion type of vibe where he was catching up with one of his old cousins or something. Uh, I think that's just because they share that kindred left tackle soul. Yeah. Uh, so I on on my vacation, I re-listened to our podcast with Joe, and that segment we we talked about some of our memories was a spectacular one, and that was Sally's. Uh, idea so we want to maybe not do that one again but have something in the same vein so sally what do you have for our our light-hearted thing you had a better title for it when you came up with it but i already forgot i'm on the spot um <laughs> but okay i know i keep going back on things uh with the kellen thing i think it's very interesting that we are out of this daniel talking point that we thought was going to be our storyline of controversy and you threw in you threw in the Kellen thing, which I didn't necessarily see coming. So <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what if he's ready? What if the kid was just built for this? We're not going to know for at I least. I feel like you're going to upset a lot of people with this. Uh, what if, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Well, um, I think, I think I've earned my, my keep to throw something <laughs> out there like that. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Here's okay. the thing. If he does, if he does, overtake Kirk like and I mean you and I Dustin I know like Sally you're a little lukewarm on him you and I are Kirk fans like I mean I think he's a a very good quarterback at times he has his downfalls but he's a very good quarterback but if mom comes in and just takes the job I'll be ecstatic even as much as I like Kirk it's like hey we finally drafted someone develop and let him roll so Mm -hmm. um, I won't be against that no but I don't think it's going to happen for a little while but I like that we have a developmental guy in the works Mm -hmm. because we as Vikings fans have never had that since Dante Culpepper we've never drafted and developed a quarterback I mean granted like Teddy you know yes he was you know he had potential but he he well, okay. Let me rephrase that. We've never had drafted and developed a quarterback while we've had someone competent available. Yeah. Yeah. We have a knee jerk mm-hmm. reaction. Oh, Tavares Jackson over Brad Johnson or, uh, or whatever it's, we have now a legit starter and we have a guy that we can groom. So, we never had kind of like what they have in the in Green Bay a little bit. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, taking jokes. <laughs> we've never, at least in my lifetime, lifetime, had this sunset scenario where it's it'll yeah. be it's gravy if Cousins um, brings to fruition what I believe he can, and but if 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 he just doesn't get it done and we go seven and ten, then then you know it's time for for Mon. So, but yeah, it's so it's such. For me, really foreign territory because I started watching when it was go find the best 37-year-old and hope that he brings his prime back. Um, yeah, for sure. I think we all have trauma associated with that. Uh, but before we move on to the next thing, I wanted to ask you guys earlier, are any of these cornerbacks um, that we talked about with the depth, do you think any of them have special teams potential? Because who are we looking at right now for returns and stuff like that? I think Emir or Wango are two rookies. The new running back. Yeah. yeah. But didn't he say something like, I've never caught a punt or a kick? It was it was either or. Perfect. You can only do one. <laughs> well, they both, um, like the, the running back, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. He was a, strictly a return guy at Iowa State. And Amir, I, I remember he returned, I think it was a punt to break the Iowa – um, re- or touchdown record or something that he had like and it was it was on a punt that he he needed to get it and he did so um I mean I think the running back is strictly he's going to be your kick returner and punt return mm-hmm. whether it's BB or you know if you need a big return Patrick Peterson's going to be a guy that um you can see go back there because of his uh, pedigree there so okay yeah, all you need to do is not not KJ Osborne and face mask drop it um you just need someone to catch it on a punt so kick returns a little different, but 
I didn't know we would consider Patrick Peterson for that given the circumstances, but that's, that's it. I think just as a safe option or if you need mm -hmm. a big play, not not a regular one. If you see him back there returning punts, that will have meant that shit went wrong in the first half. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's, let's chit chat. Um, Enrique, I'm sorry if this doesn't apply to you since, you know, you don't really have access to a lot of jerseys, but I'm curious for you guys, what is uh, your favorite jersey that you've purchased that really worked out for you? And then what is one that you have big regrets about? <laughs> oh, and Enrique, do you want to take that one or not? Okay. Uh, I think my favorite one, of course, is the, the Pearson jersey. It was my first one. The, I don't want to, to tell the, the one that went bad because you will all probably kill me along with all Vikings, the Vikings fans because first let me explain. I, I, I didn't know, know when I bought it. I didn't know the Vikings and Saints had a, a rivalry. I didn't know because like I started watching 2016, 17 and like the 2009 and season is not like talked too much about it here. Mm-hmm. So I bought a, it's the only original jersey that I have. It's a Breeze jersey. Oh. I have it here in my closet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's sure. also, okay. uh, and also the soccer team that I cheer is Santos, which translates to Saints. So I, in the beginning, I liked Saints. It was a team like, oh, okay, the, the name is similar. So I, let me like watch the game. Then I really like to Breeze as a quarterback. As a person, not so much, but as a quarterback, he was a damn good quarterback. So I bought his jersey. And I don't use that much now. But yeah, it was, pro- I don't have any regrets because I, I also like the jersey. It's beautiful. But I will probably, if I could gain the money back, I would buy like a Vikings jersey. Okay. Fair well, that's all that matters. <laughs> Ron, what, what's yours? So, okay, I may uh, catch hell from a lot of uh, Vikings fans myself on this because I'm not going with a Vikings jersey as my favorite one. And I really wish McKinney was on for this because he, I think, I, I get some brownie points with him. Um, it's my Sean Taylor jersey because I happened to buy it. Um, I happened to buy it a week before he was shot. Um, so Sean Taylor was one of my favorite players, uh, mainly because of how I dominant I was with him in Madden, but also, you know, back in his Miami days. And I just, I love the guy. So, uh, you know, I, I, and I was back in college, so, you know, I, money wasn't, uh, you know, easily accessible, but I'm like, I gotta get this Sean Taylor Jersey. And I did. And then literally like the next week, cause it was like right around my birthday, he gets shot. And, uh, then I got it got delivered before he passed, but uh, um, I know he was on McKinney's team. He's a freshman that didn't play much, but uh, um, but yeah, that so that would be my favorite. My uh, let's see, the least favorite. Um, so uh, the one that I probably hit and missed on that a lot of people did was Cordero. Um, so that was one I was uh, you know I was a big fan of just him as you know I loved his playmaking ability his size and everything that he brought to the table fortunately he didn't uh didn't put it together on the field but uh i will say this so um you know i've lived and worked in eden prairie for you know over a decade now so i used to play basketball at the flagship um court so a lot of those players would come and play there and cordero was one of the nicest funniest guys out there that came and played he was also you know the professional athlete that would pick up like everyone from beyond half court and full court press while running his mouth so that was kind of funny but uh um but he was all in fun out there so um would have been nice to have him back but uh just as a returner i know sally you're not the biggest fan of his <laughs> but no, he didn't I like him he, as a person he has a great personality yeah he just he didn't pan out as a receiver but it's all right so yeah uh, I, uh, well, we should ask brian about that sometime about sean i mean i know it's kind of depressing but i'm sure he has a really interesting perspective you know to share about that yeah i i don't uh have any ill will towards Patterson. I want to, I've said that before, but I, uh, I don't, I don't regret the pick. I, uh, I think that when it's all said and done, he has a reasonable chance to be a hall of fame returner. Yeah. Uh, I think the Vikings drafting him will, it'll look nice and shiny in Canton. Um, and it's just, it's just common knowledge. He wasn't a very good wide receiver, uh, but I don't have any qualms with that. Um, in the right. review and stuff. 
Just uh, the position and what was given up is yeah yeah no that's think, that's fair. If it was for me the, the, the yeah for for me it's more of like when I like buy a jersey I want the longevity or like you know someone that that's lasting that you know that it like and one that will like what I always say is like it'll outdo time like so that when they may go on somewhere else and retire but then you know like say Kyle Rudolph is a perfect example if you have a jersey of his he's someone where once he retires like you can be comfortable wearing that jersey proudly because of you know what he meant to the team and the city and everything whereas someone who played a handful of years and you know didn't really like make the impact that you would have expected um like Adrian Peterson had no problem wearing his jersey because it's Adrian so uh but there are some players that uh like, oh, I probably should say one I regret, but I didn't buy it. Um, I was it was actually like given to me at a bar, like on a drunken night by some guy off his back. It was a uh, um, a Darren Sharper jersey, so it's no longer my possession. But uh, that um, this was long before anything came out. My but uh, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't have any glory on here. <laughs> In your own segment, you had seven oh, answers, Ron. I got nothing left to choose from. We can we can cut it up and then. <laughs> wait, wait! Can I just tell the story of the of the Pearson jersey that I forgot? Uh, I bought it on my I bought it on my birthday, which is February twenty fourth. I bought it in two thousand seventeen. And like I was sure he was going to to be back in Minnesota. I was sure he would do. And then it took like a month and a half. And just and like I bought it like, like two, three weeks later, I read Aiden Pearson signing with the Saints. I started crying. Because like my first jersey, I won't be able to see my favorite player like uh, watching the game of my favorite player wearing his jersey so it was sad, but like i love the jersey because it was my first so i was really sad that he didn't you know really came back to minnesota but adrian pearson if one day you hear this i, I just know that i love you okay <laughs> a shout out um yeah. i i have uh oodles of jerseys um and ron will appreciate this so i would say about five no about six seven years ago i just subconsciously underwent a transformation of style where I didn't wear really big baggy clothes anymore or hooded sweatshirts that were 2XL. Um, my thin frame can now slip into a medium sized shirt or hooded sweatshirt. So I have all these jerseys that are huge. Um, but that, that's a segue to my, my favorite jersey is my Chris Carter jersey uh, because he is my favorite Viking of all time. Um, Randy Moss was more, for me, more exciting and did more for my Viking fandom. But uh, Chris Carter is a recovered alcoholic, just as I am. So when he talks, I understand what he's saying more so than any other athlete. So if forced to pick a favorite jersey and player, it's Chris Carter. Uh, indeed, I, I have a Ponder one. Um, I was excited. I was, what, 20, oh boy, 28 when he was drafted. And I thought, all right, he looks like a smart dude. That'll probably translate to wins. And there were times where he was relatively competent in games and uh that one obviously panned out and then i think i have a digs in every color and so it's not i don't i certainly don't regret those i have this weird thing with every vikings player even if they they're garbage outside of sharper that to me when they leave the team they just kind of feel like they're extended family members like they're my distant cousins uh and so i don't have a problem at all wearing like my xavier rhodes jersey some people might think that's weird but that's uh, uh i totally so sally what's yours um <laughs> Well, I was going to say my worst is definitely Darren Sharper for obvious reasons, but the reason I got it is because he went to my neighboring high school and I was actually really good friends with his cousin. And back then I used to have a fetish for, for players that willingly left Green Bay to come to Minnesota. That like really got me off back then. Not so much anymore, but so, um, you know, I just loved him. And then when he went to the Saints and how awful Bounty Gate and what a participant he was in that, we can leave what happened well, was actually happening during that, but that we didn't know about out of it. I mean, I regretted it since that day. Um, but anyway, as far as favorite, I have really good luck with jerseys. I don't really have any, just because of my player evaluation talent, I don't really make <laughs> bad purchases. <laughs> um, but I would say I kind of, I have two teddies and there's just no reason for anyone to have two teddies. So wait, that's another negative. 
positive. <laughs> oh, Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr would be my favorite because um, I get to wear it. I wore it in 2017 to Lambeau for that game that it was actually a shutout and it was a primetime game. So they were all lit up and they were very upset that I was wearing that jersey. So that that's my best memory in a jersey for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's so you what's your Sally? I'm curious as the female on the panel, what's your criteria? Do you will you buy a rookie jersey or do you have to wait or do you have a set parameter? Um, well, for me, I've decided that I'm done buying jerseys, um, mostly because um, fashion for women NFL fans has come a long way. And now we have more options that are more flattering and fit better, aren't hot and um are less, ex- not as much of an investment, you know? So I don't, I think I'm pretty much done with them, but if I were going to buy one, I don't think I would get a rookie. I think it needs to be more of a proven player. And I really am into defensive players. So probably would be a cornerback or defensive line. I don't know. They just aren't flattering. They just aren't, you know, they're not doing much for me and they, they're really hot. Yeah. I'm tailgating, you know, it's hot out there. All right. Well, Enrique uh, McKinney did not show up tonight, and that's very uncharacteristic of him. So um, I will, Sally, I will message you probably in the next couple of weeks to nail down a time when you can come back and you can bring the country of Brazil with you once again. Um, That way you can meet McKinney because he's a he's a big, gentle giant and uh, (laughs) you you certainly deserve to meet him. Uh, It's been an honor. It's upsetting because I need to talk to him about this weekend. Yeah, I know. He's supposed to be in town. He's still so. going to be here despite the conflict. Yeah. So does, he I, does he respond to your text messages? <laughs> yeah. I don't text him. I I'm gave you his phone number. I know, but I don't want to be annoying. I don't, <laughs> don't want to be annoying like, hey, what's up? Can we get together for those photos after you leave Eden Prairie Mall? What's up? Like, you know. <laughs> All right, hey, gonna... can I crash your WP party at Well, it seems like you need um, a middleman here, so I will. I will figure out what he start a group chat for the for the Believe crew. And yeah, don't bug yeah. him. He knows that he's gonna be here, and yeah. he can hit me up if he so chooses. Okay, uh, we're still working on. Uh, so he's the the conduit of all of our guests here. Um, Sally brought in Jordan Reed, and I can probably. Um, get some of the the Twitter dudes that I know, like Chuck Foreman and time and stuff like that. But McKinney really is the arbiter of all of the guests. And so uh, he's been uh, reaching out. Or I think he said he was going to reach out to that Vikings front office. I'm West. Yeah. To see if we can get Wyatt Davis or Patrick Peterson. So we will keep everybody uh, abreast of that. Enrique, I appreciate you joining. Spread the word in your native land uh, that uh, you'll be back and you'll get to actually meet McKinney. Um, and then next week we will be back on Wednesday night, unless something comes up to talk more of this purple and gold stuff. Anything else from the group? Uh, no. Can I make a request only? Yeah. Uh, if you guys get Kirk Cousins on this podcast, mm-hmm. can you ask him to give a shout out to Brazil? Because uh, if you think in the US people like really hate on him, you have no idea how it is here. Oh, because then, wait, do they love him then? Or? They hate him so oh, bad. Oh, they hate him. Oh, okay. uh, right. Basically, everyone apart from Vikings fans, even some Vikings fans, but like the work we, we are doing here, we are being able to like change uh, people's mind about him, like show that he's a good quarterback. Uh, but after uh, we don't have too many games alive here. We got like, I think, three uh noon uh two the we have the all of the uh, primetime games but it's rare to see a vikings game on tv mm, okay so not many people get to watch kirk cousins actually playing so they hate him of course without watching him because if they watch him they wouldn't blame they wouldn't hate on him so we try to make like a uh, huge work to spread the word we call the we we, put, uh, we make a joke that we founded a religion about him. We call it cousinism. <laughs> they have that Green Bay too, I think. <laughs> we are spreading the word. So, so, so I, I wonder if your countrymen uh, hate him if they hate me as well. 
<laughs> I wonder if I have a suspect <laughs> reputation. No, actually, we you are well known in really in the Vikings group chats. Yeah, you're very well known. That's cool. And oh. most of us like you because you know you defend cousins as well. Like I said, most of the hate comes from people that are in Vikings fans. Okay. So they don't watch and like they keep saying that their car is better than cousins. I got up is better than cousins, like these kind of things. And we laughed or we tried to like say no, you have like just no, just cousins simply better. So yeah, if you manage to get him the podcast, if you guys remember to ask him that. Okay. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Okay. Well, you can always send those those pals of yours my way too if they're uh, <laughs> if, if they're getting too boisterous. So, all right. Well, we, uh, you better, we learn, we Ron, better learn Portuguese then, Dustin. Uh, Ron needs credit for his uh, low hanging fruit joke there. <laughs> people, I think, will be into it. I missed it. Repeat it. Um, well, when he mentioned that they have a, a religion for cousins called cousinism, <laughs> I said they have that in Green Bay too. <laughs> <laughs> okay Perfect. yeah no, yeah and we needed we needed to make yeah hopefully I, now i say this about once a month hopefully when the believe people take the little sound bite they use that one <laughs> that'll be <laughs> solid all right we'll be back next wednesday night maybe with an extra player guest we aren't sure yet but we will keep you posted on that on twitter and that's all we got so skull viking Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.